<laughs> making the world a better place <laughs> one show at a time. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now, the George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. <laughs> All right. All right, thanks everybody. This is George Wilder Jr. of the George Wilder Jr. Show. Thanks for tuning in, folks, and thanks for clapping. <laughs> Sometimes you need that. You really do need that. You need that, um, I don't know, that adrenaline that says, hey, you're good at something, right? You know, so sometimes you really do need that. My guest today is Brian Renson, Renson on, and he will be on the George Wilder Jr. Show. All right, the George Wilder Jr. Show is live on the air. This is not a podcast or a tape or anything. We are actually live, but it will be. <laughs> it will be for your listening pleasure, okay? Making the world a better place one show at a time. That's what it's all about. Every show that I do, it's about uplifting. It's about bringing um, 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 gladness to sadness. I had to think about that for a moment, folks. <laughs> I'm ad-libbing everything I say, right? Uh, nothing's written down. So um, it's about it's about making the world a better place. Any way, any way that we can, even with a, just a smile, a handshake, it doesn't always doesn't always have to be with money. But money, you know, I mean, that's uh, it helps. But you know, you don't really need money to make someone's day. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. And that rhyme, right? Um, it's. Wherever you are in the world, I hope I hope it's beautiful. I hope the day is fine. I hope it's hope it's great for you, and hope you're doing well. I hope you're not uh, in a depressed mode, uh, feeling um, worthless or anything. Because you got a lot of people out there that that are, and it doesn't matter what age you are. You got young people out here um, feeling lonely, um, worthless, and, and you, because there's people around them telling them that. And I've said it a thousand times on this show or more, you have to get rid of people. You got to get rid of those folks around you who mean you no good. You got to get them out of your life or they're going to take you down. There's no doubt about that. You have to get people into your life that is going to try to help to um, uplift it. You know, you want people around you who's who will support you. You don't need people around you to tell you negative things all the time. You want to hear positive things about yourself, especially about yourself. So try to put, um, if you're going to hang around people, hang around and be around uh, uh, people who support you, you know, and what you're doing, you know, if, if they're not supporting you in what you're doing, I mean, if you're doing anything at all, you know, then they're not the people to be around. You know, you don't want to be around people who are always, uh, trying to say 
what you're trying to do is no good. What you're trying to do is is baloney. What you're trying to do is 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 not um, going to happen. You can't let people uh, tell you things like that, especially when you know different. You know different about yourself. You know who you are. Um, you know yourself better than anyone else knows you. I don't care. You know your you know yourself. You know what you're capable of. If they don't know what you're capable of, a lot of people are just jealous. If they see that you're doing something great or doing something wonderful, doing something that they're not doing or they aren't capable of, they'll try to bring you down simply because of jealousy. And I think another reason why a lot of people bring other people down who are trying to better themselves is that these people who are trying to bring you down and not supporting you, they don't have lives of their own. They don't have anything that they're doing. So uh, if they're not doing anything with their lives and, you know, and they are around you somehow, then they're going to try and make sure you, you do not succeed. And people, there are people out there like that. There really is. I've heard from people on the show. I've heard from people on Facebook and other social media saying some of the things I'm talking about right now. I mean, I'm talking about girlfriends, boyfriends, husbands, families, you name it. Uh, it's wrong to try to stop somebody from getting somewhere in their lives. That's wrong. Uh, it's wrong to try to stop people from being the best that they can be. That's wrong. That is totally wrong. You, you, uh, and if you're the culprit, I mean, that's wrong. Stand back and look at yourself. Go get yourself a life so that way you don't have to meddle in other people's lives. Because the majority of the time, it's either jealousy uh, or the person. Because if they're stopped trying, if people are stopped trying, are, are trying to stop you from getting to the next level in your life, it's became, it, it means that they have no level to get to in theirs. So they're going to look around for somebody to try to screw. And if, if you're gullible, if you're, um, if you're a, a nice person, you seem to get along with everybody, you have feelings, you have emotions, a lot of people are going to try and play on that. They're going to say, well, well, Sarah's got these emotions. She likes to help people. She's gullible. She's sweet. And she's, and she's very heartfelt and all that kind of thing. They're going to come after you. Because you're easy pickings. Because they know, know that you have a heart. They know that you are out there to try to save the world or to help the world and, and to help everybody else. So they're going to try. And, and you're a giving person. Especially if you're a giving person. They're coming after you. Because <laughs> they they're going to play on your heartstrings to try to get every cent, and every cent out of you. All right. Uh, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on George Wilder Jr. Show. Hate, lies, have no home here. Be nice to one another. And that's another thing. I think people have to be nice to one another uh, out there. We have a, uh, this is not low, what I'm about to say, but we have a lot of people out here who are very, very, very uneducated. And they're proud to be uneducated. Um, I think there's something wrong with our school system when we um, have a uh, public uh, American people uh, that do not give a damn about education, even if they have it or, or they do not have it. They don't think education means anything. You know, uh, you, have, you got some uh, parents who don't think education is good for their children. You got some parents who think 
you know, who think education is not good for themselves, how wrong are they? They are totally, totally wrong. There's nothing wrong with knowledge. There's nothing wrong with having a talent or having a career or learning something about life so you can get ahead. We got a lot of backwards thinking people in the world. And basically, there's nothing we can do about it. And I blame the educational system for letting out people who are just uh, thinking that. But, you know, the education system cannot stop people from dropping out of school. They cannot stop people from getting their GEDs or going back to finish school and actually making something of themselves because some of these same people are making fun of people who are doing these things. And it's just crazy. It's not. And making the world a better place is 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 one of the things that we here at the George Wilder Jr. Show are trying to better, you know, better. Um, going to get anywhere if they can't read or write. Nobody can't, will not get anywhere if they don't know what two plus two is. And a lot of people don't, and a lot of them don't give a damn. <laughs> They just want to know where's the money. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. It's 610, and it's great to be. Um, I hope you, some of you guys listened to the show yesterday. It was heartfelt. It was coming from my heart. I mean, I really laid it out on yesterday's show. And um, uh, I, I don't know. I just felt talkative or something. <laughs> yeah, I, I do think that. I, I think I uh, felt talkative. And there are sometimes I do the show, and I don't feel like I want to say a word. And everything is kind of forced out but yesterday it was like bingo i mean i couldn't stop talking i was puking up words uh, <laughs> take a break george take a break and but it was fun i had a great time uh there was no guest on the show to, uh, but there were a few callers um so it, it was it was a good it was good it all uh, if boy i just stuttered my butt off <laughs> Uh, it was good. Everything was great. Everything was wonderful. I enjoyed the show immensely. And even I, I'm thinking about going back to listen to that show that yesterday, that I did yesterday. Uh, because a lot of times I don't listen to my own shows. You know, I I only listen to my shows if someone has a complaint about it. And I'll go back and I, tr- I will try to verify or rectify that uh, complaint if think that it is it is warranted. But um, it was a great show. We'll be right back. We're going to take a musical break. Welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show.
All righty. <laughs> All right. Uh, Tom Wolf, a new journalist uh, and novelist, dies. Uh, 88 years old. Uh, Tom Wolf. I mean, I've I grew up seeing his books, and and you know, uh, I hardly read it. Have excuse me, I hardly read anything about him, but I but I have uh, uh, seen his books and I have uh, uh, admired him for that. I admired him for being a writer. Tom Wolfe, he passed away today at the age of 80, uh, eight, 88 years old. And he is best known for the books, The Right Stuff uh, and The Bonfires of Vanities. You know, uh, they were both made into movies, and I saw both uh, both features. Uh, uh, and he was a very, very elegant man, 88 years old. I mean, I'm I'm just a sucker for writers. I mean, I think whenever a writer on Arthur dies, something goes inside of me because we're, as I've been telling writers and authors for for a few years now, that we are all brothers and sisters in the word. And whenever we lose lose someone like Tom Wolfe, it, it, it's painful. But you have to think about this. He has written so much that there is mountains and mountains of material that he's left behind for us to devour, for our pleasure, even though he's gone now. But there's so much. I mean, you go on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or Books a Million, wherever you're going to go, where, where, wherever you want to go. You're going to find tons and tons and tons of Tom Wolfe's books. And believe me, he is a prolific writer. I have read some of his stuff, and I do, do like it. I admire it. I, I think uh, that he was one of the greats. And uh, one of the things that tugs me at, tugs at my heart is when a musician dies, a writer dies, uh, someone that, especially someone whom I have admired and the world has admired. You know, because there's a, there's a lot of great writers out here. You don't know who they are. You don't know their names. Uh, but fortunately, we know, fortunately, we know Tom Wolfe's name and we know a lot of other writers out here. Uh, you know what? Age does not discriminate. You know, I mean, people may discriminate against each other, but age does not discriminate. I mean, when you get to a certain age, you get old, you get sick and you die. I mean, that's a harsh way of putting it, but that's how it works. You know, and uh, he looks like a, a great fellow. I'm looking at a photograph of him here online, and uh, he looks great. I mean, one of the things I'm so uh, thankful for not hearing that he has he has dementia or 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 uh, Alzheimer's or cancer or heart disease or something like that. It was his death is probably just pertain to just old age. He was just old. And I think living to be 88 to 90, I think that person has lived a good life. I mean, there are so many memories. You know, we're born, we die. That's one of the things about George Wilder Jr. I'm not afraid to die because I know it's coming because it is meant to be to die. You, you can't live forever. We all going to get old, get sick and die. I mean, you may be a 20 something out there, a 30 something out there, you know, but it it happens to the best of us, you know, and 
That's why sometimes I tell people to live your life to the fullest. Be the best person that you can be because your time on earth is very, very short. So if you, so when you leave this earth, what you want to do, you want to leave something behind. You want to leave something that people will say, wow, Dorothy Jackson was here. Tom uh, Perez was here. Leave something except for, you don't have to leave a ton of kids. You, you can leave, uh, uh, you know, just leave something behind that people can remember you by. Down through the generations, people will remember you by. And that's what Tom Wolfe has done. I mean, that's what Jackie Collins has done. Jackie Collins, uh, 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 she passed away a few years ago. And uh, I mean, I, I would really devour her books. I thought she was, she used to tell people, she said, hey, wow, I'm not a literary writer. I just write, you know, <laughs> leave it, read it or you don't. Jackie Collins was, was uh, well, I really admired her. And I loved her books because she gets straight to the point. I mean, she wasn't uh, bashful about writing about sex. She wasn't bashful writing about uh, violence. I mean, she came with it, even though she wrote mostly about Hollywood, the Hollywood elite, but you know, she was she was there. I mean, I'm looking at one of her books now, but now now there's Tom Wolfe. And um, Tom Wolfe, uh, and a, he was an innovative journalist and novelist whose whose technicolor, widely punctuated prose brought to life the worlds of the world of California surfers, car uh, customizers, astronauts, Manhattan money, status seekers in works life okay he was he was he was a great writer he wrote about the rich and famous basically because he was rich and famous i don't um begrudge anybody if they're rich and famous and they write about rich and famous my thing is is that i love good writing i don't care who does it you can be poor you can be middle class you can be rich if it's good writing i'm gonna love it because that's what I like, good writing. Now, I'm a writer myself, so. <laughs> and, and to be a good writer, I think you have to go back and read other good writers, you know, and then find your own niche in that uh, industry. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio, and I've been talking about basically uh, Tom Wolfe. I can hear some people out there, why is he talking about Tom Wolfe? Why, why isn't he talking about Donald Trump? Give me a break. All righty. Um, <laughs> George Wilder Jr. show is now arrived. All right. Um, we're going to take a, let's see, if we can, can we take a musical break or can we take a, do something for the sponsors? You tell me. Okay, we're going to do a musical break. We'll be right back. Strong, moving in the right direction, living. 
<laughs> thanks for sticking around. Thanks, thanks for sticking with me on the George Walter Jr. Show, uh, broadcasting live out of the city of Chicago. It's a great day, folks. Like I said at the beginning of the show, it is beautiful, and I hope it's beautiful wherever you are in the world. And thank your lucky stars that you've gotten up to see what a beautiful day it is. And I do hope it's great where you are because it's great where I am. <laughs> I'm in a good place. I hope you are, too. All right, uh, let's move on. Uh, let's see, CIA torture breaks dims. Let's see what we got here. Um, Trump's speech for fallen officers felt a lot like a political rally. Donald Trump loves political rallies. I mean, he get <laughs> he goes to he goes to these political rallies uh, for one thing and one for one thing only to hear people cheer him, to hear people rally 
uh, applaud him because he needs that adrenaline. He needs to feel that way. You know, he goes there for just uh, for them to, for them to treat him like a king. You know, and he gets to say all these crazy things, like he wants to be president for life. You know, that he doesn't give a damn about the the law. <laughs> that he thinks the media stinks. I mean, if they applaud him for saying those kinds of, kinds of things, he wants to get rid of the Second Amendment to the Constitution. They just go crazy with screaming. Uh, he goes back to those folks. And the thing is, those people who are screaming and yelling at him and treating him like he, he's a king or an emperor, he's not doing one thing for them. He's broken every promise that he, 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 he told them during his campaign. And most of those folks are on food stamps. They're on some sort of governmental program, uh, Social Security, all these programs that he and his goons want to cut. So um, <laughs> there you go. You got a lot of crazy people, a lot of stupid people uh, uh, in the world. And um, that's, where he, that's why he goes to these rallies, to hear people cheer him while he says, barks out crazy things and he does it he really does it i think i think he's a sick guy i think he's i think he he should be put in a straight jacket if not in jail all right you've been listening to the george wilder jr show on blog talk radio let's go here all right you're on the george wilder jr show go right ahead hi george it's brian renslow hi brian renslow brian renslow on the george wilder jr show folks and you're going to be talking about losing a loved one, something to that. To, am I close, sir? Yeah, you're <laughs> close. Uh, that's what got uh, me to building Living Family History. That's uh, the site that I like to concentrate on. All right, uh, Brian, I w- what I want you to do now is just give us a small uh, uh, bio of yourself, and then you can get into talking about this, this stuff. Okay. Uh, I'm the visionary behind Living Family History. And basically mm-hmm. what it is, is, is a media storage uh, platform that saves memory. It's a memory archiver with a social oh, okay. media component. Okay, so does it, does it, in some way, is it affiliated with dementia, um, Alzheimer's, trying to curtail this kinds of, uh, the, the onslaught of, this, of these diseases? Or does, go right ahead. Yeah, it, it, it could be used for that. Absolutely, um, mm-hmm. and that's one of the that's one of the avenues that uh, that it's designed for. But basically, okay. what I'm trying to do is is save the essence of a family member, uh, essence of, or value of any family member that you have. Uh, is this a normal disease process? Is that what you're talking about? Something that happens? No, no. no. Um, Living Family History is a media treasury. So what it does is it saves your photos, it saves your audio. Oh, okay, <laughs> right. It saves videos and documents. And and the whole idea is to save the essence of those whom you love. So what's happening here is that we're losing- You're the talking about memories? Of yes, memories? Memories of people yeah. you love? Okay, all right. Right. Am I coming out too? Is my volume too low? Uh, you sound like you're in a vacuum, but you're okay. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm sorry about that. We'll try to do better. That's okay. That's fine. I can hear you plainly. Yeah. Um, 
here's what happened, George. A few years ago, uh-huh. my mother was, was diagnosed with cancer. Okay. Uh, the doctors had mentioned that she could live for years. And okay. I don't know if you've had anything like that in your own personal life, but when you have that um, adrenaline rush and fear factor when you're losing somebody that's that close to you, uh, yeah. and then all of a sudden the doctors say that you have time still, well, there's, a, there's an exhalation of, of your breath. <laughs> you, you feel a lot better. But what happened was that we lost her in a short period of time anyways. And um, I wasn't prepared for that. Um, so the funerals are a numbing experience. Um, afterwards, I was still a father, still a husband. I was running a business at that time. Um, I had lots of hats to wear, but in the quiet times, I was trying to recall my mother's voice. Um, and what was happening is I was realizing that that memory was fading. And so I started to look around to see what audio recordings I had of her. And unfortunately, all I had was the answering machine. So 10 seconds where she says, hi, I'm not home right now. So that <laughs> wow. 10 seconds has become yeah. a family treasure. And at oh. that point, that was a major shock. And, it, and I had to ask the question, well, what is there out there in the world that can save these kind of things? And there was nothing. There is absolutely nothing out there that would save uh, or build a media treasury of those whom you love and save them from generation to generation. And so that's why I built Living Family History. Oh, okay. Uh, so basically you're talking about preserving memories of those loved ones who have that you've lost. Yeah, Anyone it's can, not so know. much... Yes, anyone can can do this, um, uh-huh. but it's more than just saving their memories. It's saving their value. Um, okay. And, and 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 get this. This is probably, in my opinion, the biggest tragedy that mankind's faced, uh, because it's been estimated that we've had somewhere between sixty and one hundred twenty billion people who have lived on this earth, but mm-hmm. we only have historical data on somewhere around one percent. So you can imagine how much value in a human life that we've lost till this day. And I want to change that. Yeah, I, I, I understand. I mean, yeah, there's been a lot of people lost and their memories lost with them. You know, they're just gone. I mean, you don't even, there's nothing said, there's nothing written. They're just lost and they're gone. And I, I can see where you're, what you're talking about. And I, and I do uh, support it. I think people should live long, even after they're uh, dead, you know, but, but this is society. This is the society we live in. Whereas, you know, uh, but a lot of people, I I always tell people, you know, we're not going to be on this earth long. Everybody's going to die, whether you, you know, uh, it doesn't matter who you are. <laughs> you're going to die. You're born, you're going to die, okay? No matter what your age. And I always tell people, leave something behind. Leave a memento. Leave something where people can remember you by and where they can say, hey, wow, John Austin was here. You know, he was here because he left this stuff behind for us. He'll always be here. And that's that's how I try to get people to try to uh, preserve their memories after they're gone. So what do you think about that? I, I love the thought process. 
and I'm I'm with you completely on that. But I I'd like to dig mm-hmm. a little deeper, and I'd like to use what tools we have available to us today, okay, to make it more easy, and uh, not you know easy to save, and uh, to preserve these things from generation to generation. So um, I think of a family. Oh, generation to generation. Like, okay. Right. So I think of a of a family like a quilted patched uh, blanket. Um, okay. And each patch is a member of the family that you've had throughout history. And oh, okay. uh, what, make, what makes George Wilder Jr. special today is not just what you've done in your lifetime, but the things that you've learned from those ahead of you. And that flavor okay. is what I want to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's called an essence of, of a person or an essence of a family. I think that you've had people in your life that you've seen that you could tell that they're they're a, a member of a particular family just by the way they look, maybe, or by the way they act. Yeah. Um, yeah you can maybe. tell. Yeah, by the way they talk, or you know. Yeah, exactly. And so mm-hmm. I want to preserve that, but it's way okay. more than that. Even, um, you know, we've had some super valuable people throughout throughout the history of mankind we've we've had people like mozart and da vinci i agree einstein, yeah einstein you know aristotle um yeah i agree we've got we've got a lot of valuable information from them but for the most part the only ones that get saved are politicians uh wealthy people athletes um, but for the common man there's really nothing out there uh but it doesn't mean that his value is any less than any one of those individuals. You can learn a lot from a simple man or simple woman. Yeah. You can learn a lot yeah. from anybody. They still have value. Yeah. They still have wisdom to to uh, to give us. So how is this going for you? How how are people reacting to what you're doing or, or what you want to do? How are they reacting to it? Is, is... Well, they love it. They absolutely love it. <laughs> I, anybody, I could I see it. that. Yeah, anyone I get a chance to talk to, um, it's all over this, and uh-huh. it just encourages me. So um, as we continue to build this, but I, we have big plans. We have big plans. Not only will it save the essence of those whom you love, um, but yeah. it also will, will um, one day have a health um, uh, a health function in it where we can tell what what may be a potential problem within your your family line. You may have a cancer yeah. that runs through the family. So we could be proactive if we have that health information within the site as well. Yeah. So if, um, so if, so if, let's see if <laughs> one of my loved ones dies. So how will I begin the process of preserving her memories or preserving, uh, or, you know, how would I do that? Just take the quilt analogy or, or just? Yeah, but, but what we're doing, we're initially starting with your media. Mm-hmm. So any media that you might have, for instance, if you have audio recordings of that person, you can form a gallery within your, it, they're basically, the way I've looked at this is that uh-huh. digital home. Okay, and so within your digital home, there are rooms in your home where you can store things. And uh, we'll call those galleries, but you can have a, a video gallery of all the videos you choose. Yeah. You could have an audio mm-hmm. gallery, a photo gallery. Um, you could have a document if you have wills or important documents that you'd like to save. 
there's rooms rooms for those. Yeah. So you can put in there. Some people have those things now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you can make them more specific. You can find photos of, yeah. of ancestors. Mm-hmm. And, and you could have a gallery mm-hmm. of, of a particular, the first George Wilder. Uh, and you could have his gallery, and, and in that particular gallery, you can save all your media that you have of that particular person to be saved for generations to come. And it's a, it's a wonderful thing to be able to reflect back on members of your family and say, hey, listen, there's more to my family than, than what I'm seeing with my own two eyes today. I've got a history mm-hmm. of people that I can reflect back on that can encourage me to forge ahead in this world. Okay. So how how do you uh, um, preserve how how have you preserved your mother's memory how how have you uh, uh, can you explain how have you done that that she's with you all the time but in spirit yes uh, great question and uh, one of my favorite things that I have of my mother mm-hmm. is a diary of her of hers when she was in her early twenties and I was just a, a little baby. But what makes something like that super valuable, okay, okay, she's not here now, but I can visit the 20-year-old version of my mother and listen to her words. (laughs) Wow, that's That's great. That has to to make you feel really good. I mean, you know, uh, you're talking to to your younger mother, you know, (laughs) that that's great. Right. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's fun. I mean, hey, wow. Because I I keep photos of of my um, grandmother, uh, and uh, she was the heart of my life. And to me, she's never dead. The only thing really changes is me. I get older, but she stays the same. (laughs) Right, right. And what a good memory. But um, yeah. But but look at it. Look at it this way. Let's imagine that you're struggling with a challenge. Um. And if the challenge could be rated from one to 10, you could say perhaps it's above a five. The challenge is difficult. But what if your mother or your grandmother had left you a audio recording or maybe even some words, a letter to George to be open when you're challenged? So you open that up and all of a sudden your grandmother says, George, I remember when you were a little boy. I remember this particular instance and from that day forward, we knew there was something special about you. And whatever you're going through this day, you know, she, so she continues on with that and, and encourages you. So you've now come to the site where you had a challenge that was difficult, over a, a five on, your, on the rating. But now that you visited your grandmother again and she's encouraged you, you're coming away and you've actually reduced that challenge, that level of, of challenge. And that same process actually continues on with the pain that people feel when they lose someone. So when I lose my, when I lost my mother, the pain that I had that was associated with that was above a five. But by visiting her again, the photos, I get to see photos of her. I get to listen to her voice. Mm -hmm. I get to uh, read her diary. Um, Yeah. I am refreshed again and the pain level has completely gone down. So I, I can actually say this is the first site that that's ever been that actually reduces the pain that comes with the loss. She's always with you. Yes. 
But I hope to I hope uh, to to progress even more, George. Mm-hmm. I'm hope I'm hoping that we're going to start videotaping as this progresses. We're going to videotape individuals to leave messages for you in the future, or and also to say hello to future family. Now, you know, I've heard I that. I've heard. I, excuse me. I heard ahead. people do that. They will uh, videotape their loved ones before they die. And you know, uh, and have that, and preserve that. And sometimes they'll put it on YouTube, uh, you know, and you know, it's all good. You know, I've heard that. I've heard yeah, people you, do that. You could Go right do ahead. that too. Yeah. Um, I I have a I had a man that I was interviewing uh, around Christmas of 2017, and what he wanted to do, he he had a he knew he was dying, and he's since passed. But what he wanted yeah. to do was to read, read some children's books to be preserved for future family that they could say, listen, Grandpa so-and-so is reading you this Curious George book. And so it stays in the family. So there is, there is so many avenues that we could use to, to build up the family to handle yeah. the challenges of, of the days that are coming. Yeah, I totally agree. Brian Renslow on the George Wilder Jr. Show. Have you written about this? Well, uh, I've only launched a few months ago. So Living Family History is not very old. And um, that's why mm-hmm. I'm pleased to be on your show. And I thank you so much for allowing me to talk about it. But you will be writing uh, about it. I, some, I think it's something it, people would be... I just think it's something yeah. people would be interested in. Yeah, absolutely. I've got a, a blog attached to the website. So if they were, if uh-huh. anyone is interested, go to livingfamilyhistory.com. And by the way, for your listening audience, we've uh, allowed or we've given a 30-day free trial offer for your listening audience if they'd like to become involved in it. So they this can sounds great because spin. yeah, this sounds great because I think everybody. I mean. Uh, we, as I've said, we all die, and we and and our loved ones die. People we care about die, and I think anybody would want to try and preserve the memories of the person that they have lost, and this is one of the ways of doing it. And that's why I'm trying to get as much information out of you as I can, so, <laughs> so my listeners and I can, you know, figure out how to how to uh, keep keep our families with us even in death. I think it's amazing. One simple thing that you can do, every smartphone has a recorder on it, a voice recorder. Um, yeah. You could set, set that up anytime you get together with family and just put it on the table and let everybody just be them. And that's what you yeah. want to save, just, just that fun time together. That's and, a good idea. Uh, um, you can also set up your video recorder for the holidays or any special occasion. Just put it up mm-hmm. in a corner of a room. Um, your phone, just set it to video and let it go. And you can wow, download that, that in the in the site as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. All right, Brian Renslow on the George Wilder Jr. Show. So tell us how to get in touch with you. Tell us where to go. Give us a website where we can uh, go and check this stuff out. Okay, so livingfamilyhistory.com. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a contact tab within the site at the top of the main header and as well at the bottom of each page. And go ahead and take a look through the site. 
and uh, go ahead yeah. and sign up for the 30, the, the free 30 days. And uh, because the magic is inside, and I, I want to point out, George, that the site is a membership yeah. only site. Okay. It's a membership only site. It is mm -hmm. a Facebook, Facebook clone kind of site, but it's an archive designed to archive your, the essence of your family or the essence of those whom mm -hmm. you love. And you can do that mm -hmm. by building a media treasury. Um, so are you inside? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Okay. But when I was going to say, and you be we've got this delay. Right, go, ahead. <laughs> go right ahead. <laughs> uh, um, when you're, when you're starting to build this, this media treasury, you can, um, collaborate with anyone you choose through the site. So you could invite members, say, say if you're using what we call the interviewer, which is a, a, a large amount of categories with questions. One of the categories is the neighborhood. So you could be asking or starting to fill out the questionnaires, the questions within the neighborhood category, but you might want to invite members of your old neighborhood to give us their perspective as well. So you could invite them yeah. through the activity stream within the site and uh, communicate with them and build that data treasury. You could also do it with other family members to build up family uh, treasury, uh, the family treasury as well. All right, uh, Brian Renzel on the George Wilder Jr. Show. Do me one favor and make sure you um, tell yourself to write a book, write a book about this, because I think uh, this is probably something that needs to be in everyone's household as a book. Uh, can you do that? <laughs> well, I'd love to. I'm uh, I'm amazed at what I've been able to do to this point. That's been yeah, some of the fun yeah. Of it, is, and you're getting some pretty I'm good reactions from it. I, that, that's why I say you probably should write a book because you're getting so much reaction from it. it it'll probably be, uh, you know, you never know, a, a number one Amazon bestseller, you know, and uh, you can always come back on the show to pitch the book uh, on, on what you're talking about because it's, it's interesting and, and and so on. All right, I want to thank you for being on the show, Brian. Thanks, thanks a lot. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on, George. All right, bye-bye. Brian Winslow on the George Wilder Jr. Show talking about preserving, I'm assuming, preserving life. All right, there we go. But in the bullshit department, in the bullshit department, a businessman can't hold a candle to a clergyman. Because I got to tell you the truth, folks. I got to tell you the truth. When it comes to bullshit, big time, major league bullshit, you have to stand in awe. In awe of the all-time
the list of commandments was deliberately and artificially inflated to get it up to 10. It's a padded list. Here's what they did. About 5,000 years ago... But in the bullshit department, in the bullshit department, a businessman can't hold a candle to a clergyman. When it comes to bullshit, big time, major league bullshit, you have to stand in awe, in awe of the all-time champion of false promises and exaggerated claims, religion. No contest. No contest. Religion. Religion easily has the greatest bullshit story ever told. Think about it. Religion has actually convinced people that there's an invisible man living in the sky who watches everything you do every minute of every day and the invisible man has a special list of 10 things he does not want you to do and if you do any of these 10 things he has a special place full of fire and smoke and burning and torture and anguish where he will send you to live and suffer and burn and choke and scream and cry forever and ever till the end of time but he loves you He loves you and he needs money. He always needs money. He's all powerful, all perfect, all knowing and all wise. Somehow, just can't handle money. Religion takes in billions of dollars. They pay no taxes and they always need a little more. Now, you talk about a good bullshit story. Holy shit. Thank you very much. But I want you to know, I want you to know something. This is sincere. I want you to know, when it comes to believing in God, I really tried. I really, really tried. I tried to believe that there is a God who created each of us in his own image and likeness, loves us very much, and keeps a close eye on things. I really tried to believe that, but I got to tell you, the longer you live, the more you look around, the more you realize something is fucked up. Something is wrong here. War, disease, death, destruction, hunger, filth, poverty, torture, crime, corruption, and the ice capades. <laughs> Something is definitely wrong. This is not good work. If this is the best God can do, I am not impressed. Results like these do not belong on the resume of a supreme being. This is the kind of shit you'd expect from an office temp with a bad attitude. <laughs> and just between you and me, in between you and me, in any decently run universe, this guy would have been out on his all-powerful ass a long time ago. And by the way, I say this guy because I firmly believe, looking at these results, that if there is a God, it has to be a man. No woman could or would ever fuck things up like this. So, so, if, if, if there is a God, if there is, I think most reasonable people might agree that he's at least incompetent and maybe, just maybe, doesn't give a shit. Doesn't give a shit, which I admire in a person and which would explain a lot of these bad results. 
So rather than be just another mindless religious robot, mindlessly and, and aimlessly and blindly believing that all of this is in the hands of some spooky incompetent father figure who doesn't give a shit, I decided to look around for something else to worship. Something I could really count on. And immediately, I thought of the sun. Happened like that. Overnight, I became a sun worshiper. Well, not overnight, you can't see the sun at night. <laughs> but first thing the next morning, I became a sun worshiper. Several reasons. First of all, I can see the sun, okay? <laughs> yeah. Unlike some other gods I could mention, I can actually see the sun. I'm big on that. If I can see something, I don't know, kind of helps the credibility along, you know? <laughs> so every day I can see the sun as it gives me everything I need. Heat, light, food, flowers in the park, reflections on the lake, and occasional skin cancer, but hey, <laughs> at least there are no crucifixions, and we're not setting people on fire simply because they don't agree with us. Sun worship is fairly simple. There's no mystery, no miracles, no pageantry, no one asks for money, there are no songs to learn, and we don't have a special building where we all gather once a week to compare clothing. <laughs> and the best thing, the best thing about the sun, it never tells me I'm unworthy. It doesn't tell me I'm a bad person who needs to be saved. Hadn't said an unkind word. Treats me fine. So, I worship the sun. But, I don't pray to the sun. Know why? I wouldn't presume on our friendship. It's not polite. I've often thought people treat God rather rudely, don't you? Asking you know, trillions and trillions of prayers every day, asking and pleading and begging for favors, do this, give me that, I need a new car, I want a better job. And most of this praying takes place on Sunday, his day off. <laughs> it's not nice, and it's no way to treat a friend. But people do pray, and they pray for a lot of different things. You know, your sister needs an operation on her crotch. Your, your brother was arrested for defecating in a mall. But most of all, you'd really like to fuck that hot little redhead down at the convenience store. You know, the one with the eye patch and the club foot, huh? Can you pray for that? I think you'd have to. And I say, fine, pray for anything you want. Pray for anything. But what about the divine plan? Remember that? The divine plan. Long time ago, God made a divine plan. Gave it a lot of thought, decided it was a good plan, put it into practice. And for billions and billions of years, the divine plan has been doing just fine. Now you come along and pray for something. Well, suppose the thing you want isn't in God's divine plan. What do you want him to do? Change his plan? Just for you? Doesn't it seem a little arrogant? It's a divine plan. What's the use of being God if every rundown schmuck with a $2 prayer book can come along and fuck up your plan? <laughs> and here's something else, another problem you might have. Suppose your prayers aren't answered. What do you say? Well, it's God's will. Thy will be done. Fine, but if it's God's will and he's going to do what he wants to anyway, why the fuck bother praying in the first place? <laughs> Seems like a big waste of time to me. Couldn't you just skip the praying part and go right to his will? It's all very confusing. So to get around a lot of this, I decided to worship the sun. But, as I said, I don't pray to the sun. You know who I pray to? Joe Pesci. <laughs> Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci. Two reasons. First of all, I think he's a good actor, okay? To me, that counts. Second, he looks like a guy who can get things done. Joe Pesci doesn't fuck around. Doesn't fuck around. In fact, 
In fact, Joe Pesci came through on a couple of things that God was having trouble with. For years, I asked God to do something about my noisy neighbor with the barking dog. Joe Pesci straightened that cocksucker out with one visit. It's amazing what you can accomplish with a simple baseball bat. So I've been praying to Joe for about a year now, and I noticed something. I noticed that all the prayers I used to offer to God and all the prayers I now offer to Joe Pesci are being answered at about the same 50% rate. Half the time I get what I want, half the time I don't. Same as God, 50-50. Same as the four-leaf clover in the horseshoe, the wishing well in the rabbit's foot. Same as the mojo man. Same as the voodoo lady who tells you your fortune by squeezing the goat's testicles. It's all the same, 50-50. So just pick your superstition, sit back, make a wish, and enjoy yourself. And for those of you who look to the Bible for moral uh, lessons and literary qualities, I might suggest a couple of other stories for you. Uh, you might want to look at The Three Little Pigs. That's a good one. It has a nice, happy ending. I'm sure you'll like that. Then there's Little Red Riding Hood, although it does have that X-rated part where the big bad wolf actually eats the grandmother, which I didn't care for, by the way. And finally, I've often always drawn a great deal of moral comfort from Humpty Dumpty. The part I like the best, all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty Dumpty back together again. That's because there is no Humpty Dumpty and there is no God. None, not one, no God, never was. In fact, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it this way. If there is a God, if there is a God, may he strike this audience dead. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the George Wilder Jr. Show has now arrived.
kind of dear to my heart because I am a songwriter. Songwriters, uh, music executives urge Congress to pass first music copyright reform in decades. Okay, they're looking for uh, music copyright reform, a lot of singers. And we have uh, Smokey Robinson, the great Smokey Robinson of Smokey Robinson and the Miracles and Smokey Robinson uh, solo. Anyway, in Washington, music legend Smokey Robinson and Nashville-based songwriter Josh Keir urged Congress on Tuesday to pass the first major music copyright reform law in decades, saying that many songwriters are struggling financially because they are not being adequately paid for the use of their songs. I'm quoting here. It's a livelihood thing. It's not just about music. It's about lives, said Smokey Robinson, the writer of such classics as My Girl, uh, I Second That Emotion, and Tears of a Clown. Keir, who wrote K-E-A-R, who wrote Carrie Wood uh, smash uh, Before He Cheats, that's the title, Before He Cheats, the lady, um, whatever that is, you need to know, said many songwriters can no longer make a living off royalties they receive for their music. I used to be a songwriter. It used to be a songwriter could make a decent income from sales of albums, CDs, but those and that income derived from them are relics of the past. You you got that right. A lot of the stores are not selling CDs anymore, uh, musical CDs. Uh, People don't buy music anymore. That's truly, truly uh, uh, true. I was trying to tell my son when he, when he, when he was talking that he wants to get into music. I said, you better get your job. People do not buy music anymore. They stream it. They stream it. They get it from the internet. They get it from YouTube. And it's free. It's free. Music is free. Anything you want to listen to is free. Rock, I mean, YouTube is uh, uh, videos out there. I mean, there's you can download the music. You can just stream it. You download it, and it's yours, and you haven't paid a cent. This is what Smokey Robinson and this guy is talking about, you know. So if, you, if you're playing music, so if Congress does this, if this thing is passed, that means that all of you guys out there who are podcasting, radio shows, traditional radio shows, if you're playing someone else's song, you better stop or you're going to be sued. You know, so uh, my show, I, uh, I play a lot of music on my show. I play a lot of copyrighted music on my show. Uh, but um, because I think some of the music that I play is some of the best in the world. But people want to get paid. They want to get paid for I mean, if I was a songwriter and I had a lot of songs out there that everybody was doing, of course, I would want to get paid and you would want to get paid, too. So I'm proud to see Smokey Robinson out there. And Smokey is going on 80 years old, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming. Um, going on 80, yeah, going on 80. Smokey Robinson is still out there. And his music is still being played. I remember when I first, uh, the first song I ever heard by Smokey Robinson and the Miracles was Shop Around. And I was just mesmerized at that tune. I mean, I was just, I thought I thought that was God. <laughs> and Smokey, uh, he, uh He's a prolific writer, songwriter. Actually, he and the Miracles were actually songwriters together on certain things. And Smokey branched out on his on his own soon. And um, he's there. 
Smokey is not there for himself. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure Smokey Robinson, the songwriter, the singer, is a rich man. I mean, he's there for other songwriters who have written songs and they're not getting paid for them because people do not buy music anymore. I mean, um, I've walked in a lot of department stores, large department stores where there used to be a music section. section. It's, it's not there anymore. And I think another thing that is going out of style, not just buying music, but I think in the long run, people are not going to be buying books anymore. I think books are going to be obsolete. If you want books, you're going to have to download them and stream them like you do music, you know, download them on Kimball. Because, you know, a lot of times you walk into these big box stores and the book sections, there's nobody over there. There's nobody, there's no one there looking at a book. I've done it a million times. I, I've seen it a million times. The book section of that particular box store, it's empty. All those great looking books. And then you got some, then you got some overhead television. Uh, uh, somebody's on a video telling you to buy their book, shouting at you, uh, shopper, shopper, buy the book, buy the book, you know. And I don't think that's working because I don't think uh, uh, that kind of advertising really, really uh, uh, pleases uh, shoppers. I mean, I don't like walking through a store and somebody's shouting from a video camera or, or a television set telling me to buy a particular book when I'm not there to buy a particular book, I'm there to buy whatever I'm looking for, you know. But anyway, uh, Smokey Robinson, music legend Smokey Robinson, uh, urged Congress on Tuesday to pass the first major music copyright reform law in decades, saying that many, many, many songwriters are struggling financially because they are not being paid adequately for the use of their music, their songs. So, if you're out there and you're playing somebody's song, um, if Congress passes this, you better get rid of it. Okay, George. <laughs> All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show, but it's nice to see Smokey Robinson doing it. I mean, I have I have material right now for Smoke, uh, uh, by Smokey Robinson, and I think it's great. Uh, his kind of music is still out there, but you know, you don't you, you will not hear hear it on the radio. You might hear it on Spotify or, or iTunes or something like that, but you're not going to hear any of that on the radio because anyway, I think when you stream music, you, you, you're paying for it also, but I'm pretty sure a lot of people are hearing it for free. And um, the only person that's getting paid for streamed music is the, is the company that's streaming it. I don't think anything is going to the person who wrote it. So this is a good thing. Will it fly? I don't know. We just have to wait and see if it's going to fly. Legislation before the Senate would drastically change the way mu digital music companies obtain a license to play songs and ensure that songwriters are when their music is played. Okay. In addition, the, the proposal would guarantee that artists and labels are paid for songs recorded before 1972 when their music is played on the Internet and satellite radio. It is also, it would also codify record producers and engineers uh, right to digital royal, royalties, okay? That's great. I mean, if you're a songwriter and you've had hit songs over the past three or four, six, three or four, six or seven decades, uh, someone plays your song, um, you get paid for it. That's great. 
All right, in his testimony, uh, Robinson said that the right to collect royalties on music recorded before 1972 is especially important for writers for many classic songs. Uh, Congress extended copyright protections to music in the 1970s, but the change applied to only recordings made after February 15, 1972. As a result, of the writers of many classic songs don't get paid when their music is played on satellite radio and on digital streaming services. Many of those writers are at an age when their careers are winding down and they are no longer able to tour uh, and make public appearances or record new material to earn a living, Robinson said. Okay. They should be able to rely on income from the recordings used by digital digital radio companies to attract listeners and earn profits, he said. For so many, especially at this point in their lives, this is how they make ends meet. It's how they pay their mortgage and their medical bills. It is how they feed their families. Robinson also said an audit of his music recently showed that that one company which he did not name should owe him a quarter of a million dollars in royalties for playing his music. The firm offered him just $12,000, he said. Wow. Wow. This is something. This is something. This is, this is a wake up for everybody, even me. You know, so <laughs> we're going to have to find another way of p- producing our own music. We're going to get a lot of this stuff off of here. It sounds great, but uh, that's it for me. Uh, if Congress does this, if, if Congress does this, it, they may do it. They may not do it. I don't know. Anyway, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. It is 722 straight up, um, straight up uh, Chicago time, Central Standard Time. Uh, all right. What are we going to do for tomorrow? Tomorrow, there is no guest. I want to thank my guest for today. Uh, Brian Rinslow. I mean, he, he fantastic topic. Um, fantastic. It was totally fantastic. What's going on, man? You want to work? Huh? Meet me on this side. Okay. My name is William Cole. Enough is enough. The lies, the deceit, the fear mongering. Journalists increasingly are feeling empowered to call out the Trump White House's lies because the evidence is right on tape. It made me wonder at the end of a long week, was, was this a lie too? I will never lie to you. I will never tell you something I do not and believe. That's all he's ever done. I will lie. never put anyone's interests ahead of yours. That was from the campaign. But this, now, the Trump presidency, this is what a crisis of leadership looks and feels like. Every week, another scandal. Every week, another cover-up. This week, it involved Rudy Giuliani. You see him there on Hannity. He was talking about Stormy Daniels and the payoff and the questions about when she was really paid off and how, when did Trump know, were laws violated? Oh, and were there other Stormies too? He was on ABC's This Week just a couple hours ago, and he didn't rule it out. This week, I have to admit, I chuckled at some of the banners on screen, some some of the headlines calling this a White House credibility crisis. I mean, that is true. That's objectively true. It is a crisis. But it's been true since day one. 
reporters are always trained to cover what's new, what's different, what you got, what's happening. But, but Trump's fibs and falsehoods are the opposite. They're, they're not new. He's been behaving this way his whole life. Heck, Trump entered politics on a lie about President Obama. So what is new? I've been thinking. You tell me what's new. <laughs> Welcome everyone, I am Neharika and you're watching Skillopedia, the place to learn skills for the real world. So what are we going to learn in today's session? Do you want what to be more likable? Of course, we all want to be liked by others. Now this is one of the most common questions that people ask. Hey Neharika, how do I be more likable? Well, people think that very few people are lucky just because it's more like a talent to be likable. But that's not true. Well, there are different ways that you can practice in order to be liked by others. So which are these ways to be more likable by others? Well, that's what we're going to look at. that you can do is smile. When I say smile, I really mean that you need to smile from within. Yes, of course, one smile can do wonders. So it's extremely important for us to smile so that people start liking us. When you walk around these days, you end up seeing people are way too busy on their phones, tapping on their phone screens and they just don't want to look up. Go to the airport, go to a coffee shop, or probably you're just standing in a queue waiting for something. <sighs> people are so busy on their phone. Come on, people. I mean, great communications start with a great smile. So look up, smile, and probably you can greet people as well. Now, when you do this, you will see a difference. These days, people are so busy, and if surprisingly someone just smiles back at you, wow, you're going to love that, right? So the first thing that you need to do is to smile in order to be liked by others. I totally agree. I totally agree. I, I don't think people smile enough. Well, the second I really tip don't. that I have for you is stop being moody. Well, yes, you need to keep calm and stop being moody. Well, I have worked with people who one day are like super fun, laughing, cracking jokes, are in really good mood, and the very second day, they are so grouchy. Oh my God, they like start cursing, yelling, and I'm like, what's wrong with this person? Does that happen to you? Of course it does. So the people who are moody are definitely not liked by others. So it's important for you to stop being moody. Well, of course, we all have issues. We all have these personal thunderstorms that are going on in lives. But this should not affect your relationship with others. It's important for you to interact with people in a very nice manner. Now, when I say that stop being moody doesn't mean that you have to be in a great mood every single day. But I am just asking you to be nice to others so that you are liked by others. 
The next thing that you need to keep in mind is stop judging. When you meet people for the first time and if you feel that their behavior or their appearance does not fit to what you like, what do you do? Of course, you pass judgments, right? Uh, you need to stop doing that. Judging is definitely not a great idea. You need to be open-minded, especially in today's world where people belong to different walks of life. Well, of course, there are going to be differences. Difference of opinions, the way they work, their style of working, it's all different. It's not always going to match the way you work or the way you like. The world does not revolve around you, isn't it? So it's time to stop judging people, stop commenting, stop making these weird assumptions about others. If you want to work on a great team, it's important for you to come on a common ground and work together. you're tuned in. I'm glad you're lis- listening, but we're off the air just about right now. And I want to say have a great evening, have a great weekend, have a great day, whichever one comes folk, whichever one comes first, excuse me. And, and wherever you are in the world, stay up, stay positive, vote blue. <laughs>